As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're just in time for the Bible Answer Man broadcast with Hank Hanegraaff, the radio outreach of the Christian Research Institute. Our purpose here at CRI is to equip Christians to pursue sound doctrine, to discern truth and error, and to become faithful disciples of Christ because life and truth matter. For more information, to order resources or donate, call 888-7000-CRI or go online to equip.org. The following program was pre-recorded. Now, here's the president of the Christian Research Institute, Hank Hanegraaff. Thank you for watching, Randy, and I do look forward to answering your questions. Our contact information on the web, equip.org, and via the mail, it's box 8500, Charlotte, North Carolina, zip code 28271. Our resource consultants, as always, standing by, 888-7000, and the letters CRI. A lot of you hanging on right to the phone calls. Rosemary in Newtown, Virginia. Hi. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I was calling to, because I had a, a Christian friend tell me that anytime you have to rebuke Satan, that it has to be done out loud. And I kind of disagree with that because I feel that if you have the Holy Spirit within you, the Holy Spirit will take care of any evil forces. Is there anything biblical that would defend that? Well, no, not at all. In fact, this is akin to superstition rather than to the faith once for all delivered to the saints. We have an enemy, the Bible's clear about that, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And it is not our prerogative to try to figure out whether this, the world, the flesh, or the devil. Rather, we are called to put on the full armor of God so that we can take our stand against principalities and powers of darkness. If you put on the full armor of God, then you can stand against principalities and powers of darkness, against the flesh, and against the world. So this is what we're called to do. I don't think that we want to get into this whole idea of rebuking the devil either silently or verbally out loud, because even Scripture makes clear 
that the precedent is that we ought to ask the Lord to do that very thing, and in the meantime, fortify ourselves with that which is truth. Okay, all right. Well, that makes sense. And I guess her thinking was the fact that when Jesus was tempted, that he audibly told Satan, you know, worship the Lord God only, and and man does not live by bread alone. So he audibly rebukes Satan, and I guess that's completely different. Well, it is in a couple of ways. One you've alluded to, the other I would say, is that here you have a historical narrative. Satan is real, and Jesus is real. Satan, of course, does not have vocal cords. Satan is a spirit. He does not have physicality. But what the narrative seeks to do is communicate that which really transpired, which is to say that Satan tempts not with words that are verbally spoken, but rather he does it, as it were, sit on our shoulder and whisper into our ears. The whisper cannot be heard with the physical ear, but it does penetrate the ear of the mind. So the narrative is communicating that communication that took place between the Lord of glory and the fallen angel, Satan, and it does so so that we might apprehend in truth how spiritual warfare works. And what did Jesus do over and over again? He pointed back to truth, which is the first piece of armor in the full armor of God mentioned by Paul in Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, right? And that truth, of course, was encapsulated in the Word of God. So Jesus, every time Satan beguiled, Jesus gave a biblical response. Right. Okay. Thank you very much, Hank. You got it. Thank you so much for your call. Back to the phone lines. JT, listening in Connecticut. Hi. Hi, uh, Hank. I had a question uh, about a biblical argument against uh, same-gender adoption of children. Um, I was thinking about Matthew 18, verse 6, wondering if you think that that is a stern warning against these sort of living arrangements. Well, I think it's important for every single person who is following the principles and precepts of the kingdom to abide by the principles and the precepts of the kingdom. Those who are outside the kingdom are going to do what pagans do. And I think that rather than repel pagans, we are called to reach pagans. And the problem really at this point has become self-evident. Christians are not change agents in the culture, and as a result, the culture continues to devolve. Now, we can curse the darkness, or we can build a lighthouse in the midst of the gathering storm. When we were in the process of adoption, we found out how many hundreds of thousands of kids desperately need a home. And I think that trying to solve these kinds of problems through grace and truth is really where the Christian emphasis ought to be, as opposed to finding passages in the Bible which might reflect God's punishment, which we really don't know what God's punishment ultimately is in individual cases. We know the principles and the precepts, but we don't know how God judiciously applies those principles and precepts. All we know is that God 
always applies his judgment and his love in a perfect matrix such that it is in every way impeccable. But we cannot, as human beings, determine how he does that. And therefore, I would be very reticent to take this verse and apply it in that situation. Certainly, it is true according to all sociological metrics, you don't even have to appeal to Scripture, that gender-differentiated parenting is best for a child. There's no question about that whatsoever. There's no debate about that. It's simply a well-known fact. People can try to dispute it or discard it, but it is a fact nonetheless. Would you quote a verse like that in love? Well, my whole point is that what you first want to do is reach someone with the gospel. Because when the gospel changes the heart, then behavior changes. When the gospel does not penetrate the heart, behavior does not change. So again, I think it's better to light a lighthouse in the midst of the gathering storm than to curse the darkness. I understand. Thank you. You got it. Thank you so much for your call. Next up is Michael listening in Missouri. Hi, Michael. Hello. I just have a question about an issue that's kind of bothered me for a few years, and that's uh, when people say sin is sin. Sin is all the same. Sin is sin. No, no sin is worse than another, and you know, I agree in the fact that all unrepentant sin, sin that's not covered by the blood of Christ, is, you know, all has the same penalty, which is spiritual death. But I take issue with the fact that there's not sin that is greater than others. Um, and, and one, you know, biblical uh, aspect of that is when Pilate was talking to Christ and, and Jesus said, Don't you know, you know, so those that have delivered me to you have the greater sin. You know, so to me, that's telling, you know, that Pilate, you're, sin, you're sinning, but it's not as great as what the Jews have just done by delivering me to you. Um, I, just, I just feel that God in all his wisdom knows that a, a mass murderer, uh, say a Hitler, is uh, committing a worse sin than a seven-year-old stealing a piece of bubble gum. I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. Well, I can't say it any better than you just said it, and I love what you did. You took your presupposition and you tested that presupposition in light of Scripture, held fast to that which is true, and that's precisely what we are called to do. What you've said is spot on. Obviously, thinking a murderous thought and murdering someone, they're both sins, but one has far graver consequences than the other because it's a far graver sin. Right. Okay. That, uh, Makes me feel a little better about my <laughs> position. <laughs> well, your position is absolutely right. All right. Well, I thank you, Hank. Thank you very much. You get it, Michael. Back to the phone lines. We'll talk to Rick next in British Columbia, Canada. Hi, Rick. Hi, Hank. Uh, first time caller. Nice to talk to you. Just uh, wanted to ask a question about your worldview or the view on uh, the Rasta uh, religion or cult, and also uh, its uh, tie-in to Hali Salafi, if you know anything about that. Yeah, Rastafarianism, of course, originated in Jamaica, and it originated when Rastafari was coronated as Haile Selassie, the emperor of Ethiopia. And what is believed in Rastafarianism is that Haile Selassie is God, 
that the black man is the reincarnation of Israel and that the white man is inferior. Jamaica is hell, Ethiopia is heaven, and the black man will one day rule the world. So this is a religion that has its roots in racism. Unfortunately, in this case, it's black racism against whites. We hear about white racism, and rightly so, but this is precisely the opposite, and yet is very distinctly based in a racist dogma. We'll be right back. Every Bible Answer Man broadcast, such as the one you're listening to right now, is made possible through the financial support of friends like you. Each month, we depend entirely on God's provision through His people to bring you more of the broadcast, podcast, and other resources you rely on. If you want a sound proclamation and defense of the gospel of Jesus Christ to continue to be heard through the outreaches of the Christian Research Institute, become a member of CRI's support team today. Call 888-7000-CRI and stand with CRI daily in the battle for life and truth. That's 888-7000-CRI. Or visit our website at equip.org. We'll return shortly with more from Hank Hanegraaff. Truth Matters, Life Matters More details Hank Hanegraaff's personal pilgrimage from his long defense of truth to his discovery that life matters more. Essentially two books in one, part one equips Christians to defend the essential truths of the historic Christian faith. Part two explains why truth is necessary but hardly sufficient. That the map is not the territory, the menu is not the meal. We are created to experience life to the full through union with God in Christ. Is there more to the Christian life than what you are experiencing? Truth Matters, Life Matters More unveils the unexpected beauty of an authentic Christian life. To receive Truth Matters, Life Matters More for yourself or as a terrific gift to a friend or loved one, call 888-7000-CRI and make a gift to support the Christian Research Institute's life-changing outreaches, 888-7000-CRI, or visit us online at equip.org. Anyone who's been paying attention knows there's a war going on, not just on traditional morality, civility, and decency, but even more fundamentally on historic notions of truth. And the enemy isn't just the onslaught of fake news facilitated by a post-truth culture and turbocharged by growing legions of ideological spin doctors. No, the real enemies of truth range from postmodernist convictions that there is no objective truth to militant scientism that claims that only science can determine truth, and religion is little more than primitive superstitions. But CRI support team members are not waving a white flag of surrender. They're holding the fort by undergirding every one of Christian Research Institute's mind-shaping and life-changing outreaches 24-7. To learn how you can make a difference and enjoy all the benefits of support team membership, simply visit equip.org. The Christian Research Journal is CRI's award-winning magazine, combining eye-catching design with well-researched articles to equip believers in doctrine, defense, and discernment. The Christian Research Journal's primary commitment is to contend earnestly for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. 
In keeping with this commitment, the journal's mission is both evangelistic and pastoral, furthering the proclamation and defense of the historic gospel of Jesus Christ and helping his followers distinguish between essential Christian doctrine and doctrine that is peripheral, aberrant, or heretical. In an age of subjectivism and moral relativism, may Christians ground their faith and values in the objective, reliable testimony of Holy Scripture. Start your subscription to the Christian Research Journal today. Call 888-7000-CRI or go online to equip.org. That's equip.org. Now, here's Hank Hanegraaff. Thank you much, Randy, and we'll go right back to our phone callers. Next up is Christine, listening in St. Louis, Missouri. Hi, Christine. Hi. I just had a couple quick questions. One, I'm kind of new, Christian, to everything, and I was just wanting to know what your opinion was of the role of America in the end times, or are we even mentioned, really? And two, I'm talking to a friend of mine, and he says that the Bible and everything is just a remake of old religions, like it's been said before, like Incas or something I think you mentioned, and it's not true, because it's just like the same old stuff from before Jesus was around. Well, Christine, I'm glad you called. I wrote a book called Has God Spoken? I think that book would be very, very helpful to you, because what it does is demonstrate that the Bible is divine as opposed to merely human in origin. And it does that in many different ways, including manuscript evidence, archaeological evidence. Just stopping with archaeology for a moment, virtually every turn of the archaeologist's spade covers more and more evidence in the Levant that everything in the Bible corresponds to reality. We're talking about people, places, and even minute particulars. So you find that the Bible's very correct in what it communicates down to the finest of details. And there's also the matter of prophecy, which is to say that there are prophecies made in the Bible that are inexplicable. How, for example, can Daniel give a succession of nations from Babylon to the Greco-Syrian despot Antiochus the fourth Epiphanes, and then get a glimpse of the coming of the babe of Bethlehem, Jesus Christ. It's inexplicable other than God condescended to reveal something to Daniel that others would simply not know about. The real problem, I think, today, Christine, is that people who deny the veracity of the Bible are either ignorant of the facts or and this is another very significant problem. They simply don't know how to read literature, much less the literature of the Bible, and therefore they become confused about all kinds of things as they read. And so rather than denouncing, they ought to learn in meekness and humility. And that is what I presume that you are doing as a new follower of Jesus Christ. So this is not about putting your brains on hold. It is doing the very thing you're doing, asking questions, and then getting good resources, absorbing the resources, and then you can become a tool in the hands of the Holy Spirit by going to your friend and saying, look, here are the facts. Here are the answers to your questions. And the more you do that, the better you get at it. In terms of the first part of your question, whether or not America is mentioned in the Bible, the answer is unequivocally no. Uh, There's nothing whatsoever in the Bible about prophecies concerning the 21st century. Those who say there is simply suffer from 
another problem of not knowing how to read the Bible rightly. Nothing whatsoever. What we know about the future is simply that Jesus will appear a second time when he does. He will put all things to right. The problem of sin and Satan will forever be resolved. And we will be resurrected immortal, imperishable, incorruptible, and inhabit a new cosmos with our Creator. Okay, thank you. You got it, my pleasure. Back to the phone lines. Talk to Jenna, listening in St. Charles, Missouri. Hi, Jenna. Hello. Hi. My question was, since there's no time limit for Jesus, for example, when God made the earth, he didn't exactly make it on seven days. Well, since there's no time limit for Jesus, then how long will he be on our earth for the second coming of Christ? Does that make sense? Yeah, Jenna, it does make sense. Now, you're right in what I assume you said at the beginning of your question, and that is that we really don't know how long it took God to create because the Bible isn't designed to answer the question of how long. When you look at the days of creation, they're designed for you to remember that God created everything during the normal cycle of everyday life. I wrote about this in a book called The Creation Answer Book to help people understand that truth. But the other part of your question about the second coming of Jesus Christ is when Jesus appears a second time, then the Bible says the universe that now groans in travail will be liberated from its bondage to decay. Put another way, that means that the universe that now has thistles and thorns and has all kinds of evils, will be restored to what it would have been had sin never entered the world. And so it will be forever and ever and ever, and we will live with a resurrected Christ in a resurrected cosmos. So you, Jenna, will have a resurrected body. That body will be the perfect you. It will be your DNA, as it were, developing to complete perfection. Now, I'm sure you're lovely as you are, but imagine what you would be if sin had never entered the world. That is how you're going to be for all eternity as you learn and grow and develop, and that without mistakes. Thank you. I actually had another question. For you, Jenna, anything. Go ahead. What's the difference between pre-, mid-, and post-tribulation? Sure. There are people who believe that Jesus Christ is going to come back before a tribulation. That's seven years. So the idea in this paradigm is that there is a secret coming of Jesus Christ. The church gets raptured, and then there's a tribulation that lasts seven years. So the pre-tribulational idea is that Christ raptures people out of the world, prior to the tribulation that's going to come upon the world. The mid-tribulation perspective, as you might assume, is that Christ raptures those people or takes them out of the world in the middle of the tribulation, and the post-tribulation would be after the tribulation. Now, what I would say further, Jenna, is that I don't think this scenario is true in any one of the cases. 
because I don't believe that there is going to be a pre-tribulational rapture or a mid-tribulational rapture or a post-tribulational rapture. I believe that what the Bible makes clear is in this world we're going to have tribulation, but we can take heart. God has overcome the world through the incarnation of Jesus Christ, and we're going to live and reign with him for all eternity. So when we're taking out of this world, as it were, it is not that we're going to go up and, you know, be like Casper the ghost strumming a harp on a cloud, but that this universe is going to be, as I said earlier, transformed because Christ is going to return and put all things to right. So basically what you're saying is that we won't leave our world, but Jesus will transform it into heaven? That's exactly what I'm saying. In fact, if you go to Revelation 21, when you get done with the call, it's really interesting because in Revelation 21, John sees a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and first earth had passed away and there's no longer any sea. And then he says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And here's the significant passage. And then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men or with people. He will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. So it is not as though God takes us out of this world. God doesn't scrap things. He redeems them. It's not as though he's going to get rid of you because you have defects. No, he's going to perfect you in eternity. It's not as though he's going to get rid of me because I'm now older and, you know, all these kinds of things. You've got a receding hairline. No, he's going to restore me. That's what God does. So he's going to restore the universe and he's going to restore all of us in eternity. Wow. Thank you so much. How old are you, Jenna? I'm 12. Well, thank you so much for calling me. You know, I wrote a book called The Creation Answer Book, as well as The Complete Bible Answer Book. Now, when you hang on, just ask for one of those two books. I'll be happy to send it to you as my gift. Okay, thank you. You got it. Thanks so much for your call. Let's go back to the phone lines. Greg, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Hi. Hi, how are you doing, Hank? Doing well, thank you. My question is, can the Holy Spirit and a demon exist in one's body at the same time? Absolutely not. I mean, the Bible is very, very clear about that. There's not a single credible example of a demonized believer. The consistent teaching of the Bible is that Christians cannot be controlled against their wills by demonic inhabitation. And I think the principle is foolproof. If you're a follower of Christ, the King himself indwells you. And therefore, you can rest assured that the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Okay. Do you have any scriptures can refer me to verify this? Sure. The scripture I just gave you, 1 John 4, but also I love the illustration Christ gives in Matthew chapter 12, where Jesus says, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? Well, in the case of a demon-possessed person, the strong man is obviously the devil. But in a spirit-indwelt believer, the strong man is God. And the force of the argument leads inexorably to the conclusion that in order for demons to possess believers, they'd first have to bind the one who occupies them, namely God himself. And of course, that's impossible. So no, if your temple is a temple of the Holy Spirit, it will not simultaneously be inhabited by a demon. Yeah. Okay, thank you. That was my perspective, but I'll... 
um, somebody was telling me different, but yeah. Thank you. You got it. Thank you so much for your call. We're out of time, as you can hear from the music. Thank you so much for standing shoulder to shoulder with us in the battle for life and truth. You've been listening to the Bible Answer Man broadcast with Hank Hanegraaff. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 8500, Charlotte, North Carolina, zip code 28271. To listen to the broadcast on the Internet, visit equip.org, where you'll also find a wealth of information and resources to equip you. To talk to a resource consultant, call 888-7000-CRI. That's 888-7000-274. The Bible Answer Man broadcast is supported by listeners like you. We're on the air because life and truth matter. Hank Hanegraaff has dedicated his life to defending truth because truth matters. However, his life and ministry were radically transformed by another three-word phrase, life matters more. Truth matters because Christianity is rooted in history and evidence. Life matters more because it is the experience of union with God. The goal of Christian life is union with God. All attempts to understand Christianity from a solely rational perspective put us in danger of devolving into a transactional rather than transformational relationship with God. Truth Matters, Life Matters More will equip you to move beyond intellectually knowing about God to experientially knowing Him in Christ. To receive your copy of Truth Matters, Life Matters More, call 888-7000-CRI and make a gift to support the Christian Research Institute's life-changing outreaches, 888-7000-CRI, or visit us online at equip.org. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.